My name is Dylan. Thanks for joining me today for Twitching Upstream. It's a show that some nobodies puts on most Tuesdays. It's been a minute since we did our last one. Uh, life generally finds a way to get in the way. Uh, Zach will not be here today, so we're going to do a writing-focused episode instead of doing the kind of like story development that we usually do. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's been a minute since we last were here. Uh, moving, vacations, illness the state of the world tends to get in the way sometimes, but we're back for now at least. Uh, and I am going to be continuing a discussion on what we did last time, which I think was in April. It's been almost a month since we did this last, but in April we did a story about, <clears throat> it was generated from a writing prompt or not a writing prompt. It was generated from a story generator, which sometimes can be really good for inspiration. Sometimes it just spits out nonsense that you can't really use. This was kind of one of those times, so we had to do a lot of dressing up. But the original uh, pitch was, it's about a promiscuous archer with a peculiar lack of magical talent. It takes place in a military outpost. It begins with when someone reveals their feelings, it climaxes with an inheritance, and it ends with a delusion. The nature of magic is changing, and that plays an important role in the story. Uh, that is the original prompt that we chose or i chose and then zach came in later uh he might be coming in later in this episode but that's not a guarantee uh so i spent a little bit of time before he showed up and we worked out what we were going to do with the story and we came up with this interesting world where human beings are the smallest of the sapient fantasy kind of like species everything's giant the giants are protectors of nature because magic comes from the moon and magic is limited to bloodlines, but that's slowly changing. Main character is a scion of a magical bloodline, doesn't know who it is, but is on the dispatch because they still have the name. So they're using that famous name, which they think they assumed to make themselves appear to be kind of a big deal. They're not really a big deal. But uh, humanity has these magical forces named archers. And what archers do is they use these very, very large kind of like um, javelins pretty much are like 40 foot long, like five foot thick javelins that they will mentally lift up through the magic and use to fight giants. Um, and we can extend that idea a little bit as we talk about magic. But what I wanted to do today is just come up with like a real brief outline. Um, we had discussed doing it as a graphic novel, which I think is still appropriate. A, budgetary concerns, because doing high fantasy stuff drains that budget like you wouldn't believe. Uh, B, if you don't have the budget and do it anyway, you have to skimp on something. Uh, in this case, I could imagine it being similar to what Paramount Plus is doing with the Halo series, where they start off with a large-scale fight, and the start looks great, and then it just drops off in quality because the budget was blown on the first and the last episodes. So I'm going to put up this shared screen doc right now. This is our note document. Um, if you watch our last episode, which I think was on April... 24 or whatever that Tuesday was, you'll see what our note-taking process is. And it comes out with a really, really messy bundle of words. Rough ideas, half-developed ideas, old ideas, stuff that we are not going to keep a hold of. So I wanted to go through and just kind of codify some stuff as we can. So, uh, beat sheet. <laughs> Usually a beat sheet, usually you're further along developed in the process than this. So I'm just going to take us a real rough one. So standard story outline um, in, and we're just going to, you know, as these writing episodes tend to do, I'm not nearly as organized as Zach. I'm not quite so good at putting on a show. Uh, so this is like a behind the scenes look into how this operates when I am just trying to spit ideas onto a piece of paper so I can eventually turn that idea into something written and who knows? We'll get a deal with like Image Comics or one of the other smaller presses. Uh, so we're gonna just gonna we're gonna start not with a beat sheet. I'm gonna keep these pretty separated. 
Instead, we are going to start with, let's see, uh, Bushy Nick says, can't, say, can't hang, just wanted to say, hurt some nobodies and that human should actually be the smallest sapiens and maybe the world would be better. Food for thought. Thank you, Blue Shoe Nicks. Bummer you can't hang, but we'll be here uh, more regularly from now on. So we're going to do a plot outline right now, or a, a, a premise pitch, rather. Uh, we met, <clears throat> we had, um, oh, who was it? It was um, the director of motivational growth. I feel really embarrassed because I can't remember his name, but it's been a long time now. It was uh, Don Thacker, I believe, on our show Talking Upstream, which you can watch on Sundays. Uh, we interviewed him, and when we pitched our ideas, uh, he very politely and respectfully tore us new ones for not pitching pitches, but pitching premises. premises. And that's accurate. A pitch is actually pretty constructed and it tends to have a format. So when you pitch something, you go with a developed idea. And what we were mostly doing was pitching ideas that we would eventually develop into stories, which would have their uh, pitches. So this is what the premise is. In a world where humanity is outmatched and outsized, uh, the empires, and we're just using generic terms here. Uh, if I was writing this out as an actual story, I would, give it a name and a history and like an identity. But right now we're just using familiar terms. So people who see this are going to be able to recognize the tropes because the tropes are going to anchor people into the actual meat of the story. Uh, in a world where humanity is outmatched and outsized, the empire survives through the use of magical archers or through the use of archers. And you know, it's important because the a is capitalized um, through the use of archers. Uh, magic users who uh, utilize oversized weaponry to fend off the uh, fend off humanity's larger foes when the once peaceful giants begin a mysterious war against humanity one uh, roustabout, and I use roustabout to mean um, someone un unskilled. Uh, maybe not roustabout. One uh, lazy guy. I'm not going to put lazy guy because that's a bad pitch word. And I'm not trying to make this super nice because this is obviously a first, first, first proto draft. Uh, one uh, nobody. Why not? We'll say nobody. One nobody realizes their uh unforeseen potential in the face of a grand conspiracy because of course there's a cabal of human beings uh archers who want to push the moon away from the planet so that magic is accessible to everybody uh and the giants don't want that ha to happen because when you move the moon it causes ecological devastation and that's not good so that's our premise pitch um this is probably what you would see in like on like the Netflix main screen when you're looking through stories or if you have whatever comic book subscription service there is. I'm sure there is one. I don't know what it's called. But you would um this is what you would see to try and get people to open it up and try it out. Um so we're just going to do plot outline there's going to be a very 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 loose plot outline it is going to be primarily this happens then this happens then this happens because then this happens this happens that happens the end uh when you normally outline stuff and pitch stuff you want to avoid and then and then and then but i'm not showing anybody this in a professional manner except for you uh this is just for my own way to keep things in mind. So main character is a porter, someone who carries things in a remote human military camp. They use a famous last name to, uh, I don't know, like, uh, use a famous last name to, Uh, trick others into taking them seriously, uh, get out of work and 
uh, earn companionship because he's he's promiscuous. So we got to make him like charismatic. It's like, hey, you know, I'm related to someone famous. So come at me. I don't know. I don't. I obviously, clearly, I don't know what that is. Um, the famous last name to trick other than get out of work and earn companionship. They are an underachiever, though the under is questionable because they have yet to show much skill at anything except avoiding work. <clears throat> but then the camp is attacked by giants and their ants. There was something, I don't know if it was a pun, but we had an idea about giant ants. And I think giant ants are creepy. Uh, it makes me think of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and the Ant That Dies when the Scorpion Stings It. And I cried and cried and cried as a kid because I was a softy. Uh, but we're going to have giants. <laughs> we're going to have weird giants. Let's be weird about it. Uh, we're going to have everything be huge in this except people. The people are going to be small. And they're ant uh, uh, war dogs. I mean, you know, war dog metaphorical. Uh, in the chaos, MC gets whisked away with a band of archers who escape in, in who escape. We don't need to qualify when they escape because we already said in the chaos, um, on the run, they have to adjust to a lack of resources, constant giant attacks. And the question of why the giants have suddenly uh, grown so aggressive against humanity. Uh, they set off... Uh, so uh, I think the first bit of this, a lot of this is going to be them trying to get back to where they are going. Um, I think we're probably going to do like a four-act thing where it's the first act is the attack and the run. Second act is getting their feet under them. Third act is fighting back, and the fourth act after the reveal is some sort of high magic showdown thing. They set off across <clears throat> the wilderness, uh, braving the elements and hostile flora and fauna. Cause we're doing like a high fantasy thing. So the plants are mean, the animals are mean, the people are mean. The landscape is probably mean, uh, hostile elements, flora, fauna, as they run to the next, safe spot another military outpost but when they arrive they find the outpost has also been attacked but they find a way to access the commu uh, communication back to the uh, back to the capital and we're just gonna uh, capital. That's something that I always get wrong is um, Capitol has an O. I don't have any mnemonic for you. I'm sorry. Just know that. It's one of those that you should get correct when you can, unlike me just now. Uh, let's, but let's go back and look at the pitch originally that Zach and I came up with. We got magic is limited to bloodlines. I think we could probably have a bit where the main character shows he has some aptitude for it. And maybe his bloodline is real. <laughs> um, let's see. Arranged marriages. World Soul decides everybody is going to be giving getting magic. Uh, let's see. Nature stuff. Last name, Orphan. Let's see. What do we got? Okay. I can tell you what we got. We got a fair amount of dead air, which Zach manages to avoid because he's charismatic and I'm just trying my best. Uh, but they find a way <coughs> access communication back to the Capitol. The Capitol uh, reassures them that they should. Uh, what should they do? Let's see. Unbeknownst to MC and friends. The Archer Cabal, again, we've got the evil magical group in the background manipulating things, has taken over and started Operation Moon Push 
obviously all placeholder stuff. We'll go in, we'll give them a fantasy name, whatever. Uh, I'm seeing this, this is like a, I'm seeing a lot of mountains. I'm seeing a lot of like brush. I'm seeing kind of Northern. So it's going to be cold. Maybe some Scandinavian style names. <clears throat> uh, Schnurri. They'll have the little dots, the umlaut over it. Uh, started Operation Moonpush. But the capital contact reassures the archers that things are under control because they are always under control and that they should counter attack after reconvening with the empire's main army at uh, rendezvous. The archer party, or let's just say MC, MC party pushes through the wilderness and meets up with the army the no-nonsense commander re-absorbs uh, their party into the military, and they're going to strike back at the giants. Uh, MC is concerned because on their journey, they inter yeah they interacted with a oh earphones. MC is concerned because they interacted with friendly giant who nah I don't like that I don't like that either MC is concerned because the giants <laughs> while not friendly never used to be outright hostile something must have prompted this change uh, MC also shows <clears throat> I'm going to go back here uh Along the way, they encounter a giant patrol and fight them off. MC demonstrates some magical ability and tactical thinking, which is weird because magic shouldn't just show up for people. It's always hereditary and never manifests otherwise. Anyway, uh, they also meet some kind of neutral giant who helps them with some minor problem, supplies or something. It's just a show, you know, there's always shades of gray and stuff like that. Okay. They meet up with the army, or maybe there's like a... Or maybe there's a giant working with them. No, a half giant. There's a half giant working with them who serves as the heart character. The heart character is an archetype you'll find in the Save the Cat beat sheet who anchors the main character's moral decisions and serves as kind of the voice of reason when things get dark. Okay. And she is concerned about the giants. Well, uh, something must have prompted this change half uh heart i'm just gonna call them heart heart uh <clears throat> gets targeted uh and relegated to manual labor because they're big and giant blooded so we see the Empire is anti-giant. I mean, we already know they're anti-giant, but um, we really see the hostility that the system can implement on uh, people who really have not had any chance to prove themselves as nice or not other. Because that, unfortunately, is how systemic power structure works. Uh... Now that they're teamed up with the army, <clears throat> MC gets marched out to the front where the giants are doing pretty well against the empire. The archers are doing their thing. It's violent. It's upsetting. 
it's war. We don't romanticize it. Because of course we don't. And a fucking person romanticizes the war. Um, don't answer that question in the chat. Doing your thing, it's violent. MC displays some kind of magical ability once again, and so do other people in the army. That's weird and draws the attention of the commanders. Commanders <clears throat> pull them aside one night and uh, start up a trainee regiment. Uh, we meet a bunch of random people, uh, re implement, not implement, um, reincorporate some minor characters who survived the assault on the army outpost at the start of the story. Uh, kind of Starship Troopers. I really like how Starship Troopers does that. I think it's really neat. Um, the training <clears throat> is intense and takes a while. And we see the war effort take its toll as time passes. Time skip to a year or so later, the MC and others have developed some kind of magical skill, not just talent, skill, uh, where they can work together to throw a smaller but still big stuff at giants, auxiliary archers. The, and I'm going to capitalize them so everybody knows they're important. The auxiliary archers. <laughs> MC and friends are sent on a on an important last ditch effort. Not last ditch. MC and friends are sent on the main <laughs> assault against the giants' uh, regional headquarters. It's, let's see, it's violent and messy and not very well thought out, but they're all weird new magic users, so Command doesn't really care. Uh, MC survives with distinction and is... Is met with? No. <clears throat> and is summoned by a mysterious person who claims to know their father. Psych. It is, it's their relative. And we get some exposition. There's a secret cabal of uh, archers. No. The moon gives humanity magic. The moon gave humanity magic? It was something about... Hmm... Okay. What is the moon? Okay, magic is given by the moon. <clears throat> okay, we're going to go a little crazier on this. The moon is the half-dead corpse of, a, of humanity's first god. It gives humanity magic. No. Yeah, it originally gave humanity magic. Yeah, okay, we're going to do the opposite. We're not going to have them push the moon out of orbit. We're going to have them try and bring the moon closer so more humans can get magic. And, of course, the issue is that if you don't calculate it carefully, the moon will crash into the planet and kill everybody. <laughs> and gave the original progenitors of the magic bloodlines their magic. <laughs> uh, giants exiled or killed or somehow betrayed the moon we'll figure this out later 
and pushed it into orbit. The Archer Cabal is going to pull the moon closer to the planet so more humans have magic and therefore humans can fight the giants with more efficiency and finally eliminate them. <clears throat> MC doesn't like this because of course I don't. We can't have a character uh I mean, you can't have your main character endorse genocide. I don't feel like I have to explain that much further. <clears throat> okay. So you can fight humans with more, fight giants with more efficiency and finally eliminate them. Doesn't like this, which rubs their, uh, no, which rubs uh, the mysterious person the wrong way a fight ensues but mc escapes with their fledgling <laughs> magic skills and the help of their friend from the first act and the half giant the three escape the military camp but are branded traitors and uh, consigned to death on sight. <clears throat> In the wilderness, it looks like things will end poorly for them, but they're saved by a few giants who are willing to hear them out. Uh, the giants hold some kind of trial, during which a uh, half-giant... I'm just going to call them HG. During which HD pleads uh, eh, some kind of kinship and vouches for MC and friend. The giants are hesitant, but willing to hear them out. <clears throat> okay. So this is kind of like that second act turn. Um... The human archers... Okay, hold on. <laughs> the archer... ...all have pulled the moon dangerously close to the planet. Uh, the human troops are more powerful with their magic, so... Uh, this is turning into Mahora's Mask a little bit, uh, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think that's Mahora's mask, where uh, the the moon is getting closer to the planet, and it's got the mean face, and then all the giants uh, push it back. Shoot, um, this is a situation where I don't care that this has been done before. It happens. You have an idea, and you have some sort of like early on intuition about what you're doing with it, and there's no such thing. We're I'm going to fall back on a saying that Zach and I really rely on, which is that there is no such thing as an original idea. And in this situation, that's very true. Um, human magic. So they are assaulting the giant HQ with more fervor. MC and HG and friend have to <clears throat> lead an, uh, a secret, a stealth attack against the uh, Archer Cabal and sneak into the human camp. They fight and end up winning, but not soon enough to prevent the Moonfall. Uh, starring, starring Roland Emmerich. Yeah, Roland Emmerich is going to be the main character in this. Why not? <clears throat> prevent the Moonfall. The... Uh, human soldiers uh, are... no uh, the giants are sad but ultimately use their own ability and life force to repel the moon back into space but it's further out now 
so humanity no no we're not going to do that but it's in a lower we're doing we're staying true to the original pitch which was nature of magic is changing uh, and everybody is going to be able to do magic but it's in a lower orbit <clears throat> so now magic is even more widespread this promises an upheaval in the empire because now the peons can throw stuff at the rich commentary uh unfortunately the giants are mostly dead now not dread dead now we see some enclaves have survived but the problem is now humankind's MC and co uh, set out to find the rest of the archer cabal and set the set humanity on a kinder course it's not perfect but that's how we're going to kind of end this so that is I mean you saw how I wrote that out uh, I literally just kind of narrated then and then this happens that happens um, but we've got, you know, your rising action, uh, that starts stuff where, uh, they are attacked and they run through the wilderness and they think they find salvation, then they don't. And then they think they find salvation and it looks like they did, but then they learn what it really is. And then they get wrapped up in some bad stuff and things get kind of dark. They meet up with some people who might help them. They meet up with some people they think might help them, but don't, um, and, uh, yeah, you have your little, like, rush to the end where they're attacking the camp, and then they meet with the giants while the camp is being attacked, and then the giants give their lives to end things. So, that is the main outline. Obviously, I would go through and make sure this is cleaner if I was going to do something with it. Um, so, what I'm going to do now, here's a beat sheet. I know that uh, when Zach and I had done this original episode, we had discussed doing this as a graphic novel, um, which I think is still great. I would love to do a graphic novel like this, um, but it does mean that I'm going to be going through and doing some beats on this. And this beat assumes a, I think it's a 90 page, <clears throat> roughly a 90 page thing, which is cool. Um, a graphic novel script I've written and just, I wrote like two or three in college and that was the last time i did it a graphic novel script is going to be a lot of dialogue and a very very rough description of what the visuals of each panel are going to look like across the page um i am not going to do that right now instead what i'm going to do is lay out these story beats as if i was doing a beat sheet so, uh, usually how this works is that each one of these, Act 1, Plot Point, all of these little things are going to have, like, um, actually, let me copy and paste a different version of this that I am going to fill. There we go. Let me get this up to uh, font size so you can read it at home on your screen. There we go. So what I've done, I've gone through and set the beat sheet to nine bullet points here. Uh, each one with important stuff that we would have to hit inside. Now what these are going to be is that each of these bullet points should have three scenes. And each of these scenes should further the story in some way. Um, the criticism that is often levied against the idea of a beat sheet, which uses a formula such as this adapted from Save the Cat, is that it <laughs> leads to a very formulaic thing. And it does. Um, the best way to point this out is that like, at roughly the 20-minute mark, you have the character in, uh, set off on the quest. You have the character meet up with someone who kind of opens their eyes. Trinity in the nightclub in the matrix is my go-to description of what save the cat kind of delivers. <clears throat> that first matrix is very, very straightforward. Save the cat, which is fine. But then you wind up with a, a 
story structure that's very similar to the matrix which isn't a bad thing <clears throat> so what we're going to do here we're going to do three scenes <clears throat> i'm going to go through and excuse me i'm feeling a little usually zach's here to fill the air um and I don't normally talk this much, so my throat's starting to feel it. We're going to do <clears throat> all of these kind of things. So, obviously, the uh, first scene, MC is flirting <clears throat> with... And I'm seeing the main character as a male because, I mean, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. But if I slip into using male pronouns, that's just going to be what it is for right now. Um Flirting with someone, we see their charisma on screen. Uh, we see they are not <laughs> discriminated against, but they are treated poorly due to their position. Uh, they feel ill at ease with how they work. <laughs> uh Things don't work out, so they uh, go back to work. And during the incitement incident, we have to tie the antagonist to the character. Um, MC is helping the rest of the porters uh, load up the javelins. It's hard work, and the archers on in camp are mean to them. Because they're haughty nobles. <clears throat> we meet... I might not meet friend yet. No, we don't meet friend yet. That's uh, during the later ones. Um, MC... Or camp receives word of oncoming giant attack. Scout returns with injuries. And is only one of group sent out. Uh, attack comes on, it's big and causes, and not causes, it's big and wrecks stuff. Chaos reigns like the wolf, not the wolf, geez, the, uh, the fox in Antichrist. Chaos reigns and things go badly. Badly. Things go badly. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> So uh, in this, the debate, the character, has, the main character tries to fight change. Uh, M, oh, 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 oh. And, and we introduce the heart character. The heart character is um, the meet cute if it's a rom-com, the best friend if it's something like that. Sam Gamgee is the heart of the Lord of the Rings as, in as far as like character roles go. MC is shell shocked but friend helps pull them out of it the two along with some of the archers escape the attack uh the group is pursued by some giants and have to escape there uh and have to escape. Yeah, there we go. Uh, MC has to reconcile that despite the fact that the military outpost was destroyed, they are currently running around with ranking military people. They have the option to escape into the wilderness but don't because friend is too entangled. So they stay behind to help their friend. It's nice. <clears throat> so this is the true beginning of the story. Moment of conflict pushing into act two. Uh, the group led by Archer uh, decides to uh, sneak through the wilderness under the giant's noses and find the nearest outpost introduce hg as a downtrodden 
uh, Porter friend. Uh, wilderness, love a wilderness encounter. I don't know. Uh, giant ants smell their rations and have to be fought off. Uh, scene three. <clears throat> Some uh, elements cause trouble. Tents aren't waterproof enough and things go badly. Uh, morale is low and the archer discipline doesn't help. But the nearby outpost is closer and they will reach it tomorrow or soon. All right, the pinch. The pinch focuses on the central conflict and not just the story forward. Um, this is uh, Morpheus, not Morpheus. This is Neo getting, um, sneaking through the office. This is Neo getting the bug planted in his stomach and then getting rescued and taken to the weird haunted house that Morpheus has in the matrix. Uh, the party arrive or the party approaches the outpost. The giant pursuit is closing in and they don't have much time. A run and gun encounter with giants leaves their supplies ragged and everybody spread out. MC and friend and HG consider desertion, but it's safer in the outpost. Uh, let's see. The out they reach the outpost and it's abandoned. Uh oh. And the giants are approaching as well. Even more, uh-oh. Let's see where we are in the outline. Okay, so uh, let's see. Hark gets targeted and relegated to manual labor because they're big and giant-blooded, so we see the Empire's anti-giant. Maybe there's a half-giant working with them. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, okay. So... They need to find a way to communicate with the uh, capital. Wilderness encounter. Uh, and during this point, MC displays magical talent for first time. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, running gun encounter. Friend displays magical talent for first time. This third scene could probably go in the fifth plot point. Because it's very much the re the death sig seg uh, part, but here we're going to introduce the antagonist, and we have a crescendo with the heart character. Um, HG has mild panic related to giant aggression. Uh, MC and friend, I guess you should start calling friend heart. MC and heart, real or that's going to be the next, yeah. Um, Archer realizes the outpost has a grapevine or whatever it's called mc and heart discuss magical abilities it's a big deal because if anyone has magic it means the nobility doesn't have a cosmic hierarchy above them uh, Archer, the antagonist, contacts the Empire, learns the military, the army is nearby. They can probably reach them in a day or five. Pinch, which reflects the first pinch, reveals remaining emotional and physical challenges. Uh, the first pinch was them running to the outpost. This is them running from the outpost you see how it kind of mirrors each other it's like circles it rhymes poetry whatever george lucas you know what it is uh party uh resists a giant attack on the outpost 
it goes, okay, but the Giants regroup and threaten them later. Uh, MC and friend use new magic abilities to help their party escape to the nearby army. The party reunites with the army and the commanders share info about escalating magical abilities. This is plot point two. This is the point of no return for the character. Uh, this is where you get a new weapon, strength, or knowledge. This is where they acknowledge their magical abilities. MC and friend are trained <coughs> with magic. HG is treated badly. Sorry, buddy. It happens. Time passes. The war uh, escalates. MC learns of magical heritage and moonfall. Doesn't like it. <clears throat> MC and MC Hart and HG escape camp and go warn the giants about moonfall. Because now, you know, you, you got the running from the Giants to the outpost, running from the outpost to the army, running from the army to the Giants. <coughs> Resurrection. Using tools from point one and two, they choose a second death and rebirth. Uh, MC and co. Abandon Empire Associations and tell the Giants everything. Uh, heart, MC, or HG uh, uses Giant ties to help uh, secure alliance. MC and co. help giants hold off empire military. Let's go double check our uh, outline real quick. I want to see how I ended this thing. <clears throat> yeah, uh, they sneak attack the archer camp. Okay, cool. Uh, MC and co. help lead giant attack on army to decapitate Archer Cabal. Character returns to people with their gifts. The heart has the ultimate conclusion reflecting their change. The poor character uh, recognizes it might implement change, and then the antagonist suffers their ultimate defeat. So, um, let's see. MC and co. fight Archer Ball, it goes badly until friends from camp pitch in and uh, defeat leader. Leader. Uh, giants help repel the moon. Give their life force. Die. Uh, common. People rise up against a uh, despot uh, light on the horizon. We did it. We outlined an entire movie out of that story. 27 scenes. You make each one about three minutes. You have about a 90-minute movie. It's about a weird magical archer thing. They fight. There are giants. It's pretty cool. Uh... I don't know if we're ever going to touch this project again, but this is just a display of how you can speed run a beat sheet. Uh, that's writing. Uh, the main display here that I want you to take from this is that you can put whatever garbage you want on the page. And if you distill it and you practice it and you expand it and go back and look at it and give it some time, sit down and write it. Even the best turd can be shined into a diamond. It's all carbon at its base. It's all the base components you need to make a good story. You can see how we had the emotional rise and the impact. You can see how the story moved from one point to the next. We might do something similar like this later, uh, but I needed to get out here and put something on here because it's been a long time since you've seen us and we've seen you. It's been even longer for Zach, but he'll be back sooner rather than later. I want to shout out to Zach for doing all of our art, all of our show notes, getting all of our guests for talking upstream and PowerPoint showdown, anything like that. 
Uh, I want to shout out Michael Colby for letting us drag him through our wake and get him on our shows. You can find everything we do at uh, Some Nobodies. That is Silicon Angels, CYOP, PowerPoint, Showdown, which uh, airs live Mondays on our Facebook page. You can find it on our YouTube page on Thursdays a few weeks after. Uh, Talking Upstream every Sunday, we interview our guests. We have No Time to Binge, the award-winning podcast, every other Wednesday. This upcoming Wednesday, I think on the... 26th 25th is it's tuesday tomorrow the 25th we are doing santa clarita diet first of the last episode we make up the middle powerpoint showdown we make up a bunch of powerpoints everybody has to present them blind uh go check out everything we're doing love it love it when you support us go subscribe to our youtube channel like our videos subscribe ring the bell whatever the hell that means i don't know usually zach has a more pithy outro because he's the host and he's the face you can tell but in the meantime i've been dylan you've been the audience and great you're great we're all great we're all great here i'm gonna get out of here because i am going for far too long have a good rest of your night we'll see you again later bye Thank you.